0: Today's guest is Craft Gin's favorite son, and I'm sure Glen doesn't like being called that, but I think that's what you are. (laughs) Glen Bryant is uh, the founder and one of the owners of Six Dogs Gin from the Karoo. Now, as they say on their website, nobody really knows where the Karoo starts, but I think uh, it sounds like you are in the Karoo today, Glen.
1: Hi, Holger. Yeah, I am actually in the Karoo today. Um, we think that Karoo starts on the border of our farm. <laughs> we have to say that because the fair number of the botanicals that go into our, our classic Karoo gin actually come from the farm or they grow it on the farm or they come from the surrounding areas. So it's called a Karoo We have to say we're in the Karoo
0: yeah and and the so explain a little bit where the farm is i know it's not really a visitor center but there's a beautiful picture and and that really captures it for me and that's a picture of of the farm gate and a big six dog sign that for me really is 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 such a beautiful photo and uh, maybe we can also share it with the with our listeners later on on our social media is that where the actual distillery
1: is Yes, we're just uh, about 15 kilometers outside Worcester. Uh, A little place called Devet and the farm is just a a matter of of minutes uh, off the N1. And actually, we do encourage people to come and visit us there. There isn't a a full-on tasting center as such. It is a working distillery, but I I think it's it's always lovely uh, when visitors do come we do ask that they uh you know just make a booking in advance which is easy via our via our website so that we know we uh, the people are coming and i think if anybody goes to the distillery uh it it probably changes your 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 view of uh craft gin forever because it really is beautiful it's about a, it's about a 2 hour drive from 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 cape town yeah uh you know a lot of people when they're driving down towards Cape from Gauteng, wherever, will go past, pretty much past the entrance to the distillery. And it's a nice, easy drive uh, to get there. And of course, when you do get there, the first thing that happens is you will be greeted by, if not all of the six, but many of the six dogs. Of course. (laughs) Just to prove that it is an authentic brand.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, and your brother is on the distillery or at the distillery.
1: That's correct. Charles is our master distiller and his house is next door to the distillery. Okay.
0: And the farm, is that a working farm or is it just a distilling farm?
1: It's now just a distilling farm, but uh, it's a lovely place. It's the, is the, we actually have two distilleries, uh, but the one in Worcester is the uh, spiritual home of, of Six okay. Dogs. That's where we started. Um, not, to, not to sound grand, but the... The, the the business actually grew in a way we never expected and our option was either to enlarge the existing distillery or to find a second uh, premise. Uh, so our third partner Luigi actually lives in George and we decided well let's get a, the sec, put up the second distillery uh, in George. But that's not a visit to one, that's a, you know that's a sort of industrial premise. Uh, but um, yeah, come to come to Worcester and uh, see where it all began and still happens.
0: Okay, so so tell us how how it all began. For me, it began. I think I was looking for some interesting gins, and which and we ended up meeting in Cape Town, Luigi, your brother and yourself. But how did it all start? Your background is not. Yes, I, Your background is. Uh, what is your background?
1: Oh, it's weird, and, and it's got nothing to do with gin or all or, or the alcohol industry. In fact, none of us have that, uh, that background at all. Let me just say, actually, I well remember that meeting, Holger. Uh, we hadn't actually launched, we hadn't actually sold a bottle at that oh, stage. Oh, really? And I have to say, yeah, I have to say thank you to you, because I was looking through our, the very early records, and our first sale into the trade, so, you know, not to friends and family, was actually facilitated by you a very well known place um, in in KZN that that actually was our first order in, in the trade i think it was for one case <laughs> and we were delighted to get it oh well but yeah uh, we started it started of course a couple of years before that because there's a process uh, involved here in setting up in building a distillery in our case in researching the product that took very many months, and of course, waiting for the license, which uh, can be a a, a very time-consuming business. But where where did did the idea come from? Yeah, you know, we were sitting there, strange enough, drinking gin. Uh, And as you can see, we are not in the flush of youth. Uh, We we should be retiring, I think. And we didn't want to retire. We thought, you know, what are we going to do? And we were discussing various trends in in the world, one of which was this rise of craft gins elsewhere. It hadn't quite caught on in South Africa at that stage, but it was about to. So come on. How difficult can it be? And the answer is actually very difficult to make a good gin. But we at that start stage said, let's let's give it a go. And we did. And um, we didn't have a distillery and we didn't have a still in the early days. So what we found lying about the farm was an old copper geezer. You know, these things you go to any farm you see all these funny old old things. And we got a friend of ours to to weld it into a makeshift still. Very ugly thing. <laughs> and then we had nowhere to put it. So we actually, there are six dogs on the farm, as I, as I said. And they, a few of them are, are great Danes, so they need space. And they actually have uh, a shed where they sleep um, uh, on the farm. And that's where we put this makeshift still. And that's where we actually distilled our very first batch uh, of gin. So you can imagine the excitement there were. Family, the kids, the dogs—we uh, made our first gym, and somebody said, "Let's call it Six Dogs," because there we were in their in their in their shed. And you know the strange thing is, it was never the intention that that would become our brand name. It was that was a project name. That was just something that we could use in the meantime. And fast forward a couple of years, we now had a product that we thought you know was good enough to to, to take to market. Uh, but I didn't have a name for it. and we asked everybody and of course the more people we asked, the more options we got. and then the penny dropped. Of course we are six dogs and it is that is the origin of of our brand. And you know every day I, and I do look at the bottle every single day uh, and I see that name and it just reminds me of the very humble beginnings um, to this brand. And that's exciting. I think it's a good salutary lesson as uh, about the kind of people who we are and need to stay being.
0: I certainly found with the name initially, I thought it was rather silly, but uh, def- <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, a name becomes more than a name, and it becomes a brand. Then it doesn't really matter what it is. Yes. And initially, I found we sp- I spent many hours at Hillcrest Tops promoting your your gin. At the time, because I liked doing that. or I Thank was you. promoting the category, and uh, especially dog lovers snapped it up. So, it, I mean, it, as an initial yeah. thing, I think it, it clearly worked.
1: Well, uh, you know, it's you'd be surprised how many dog lovers there are yeah. out there. Um, but, it, it, yeah, indeed, it's, it's, it has become a brand. It has become more than just a collection of products. Uh, you know and we're only little i'm not trying to suggest we we're grand in any way but um it, it, you can definitely sense that there is more to this business than just yeah. we make gin it, it is a brand it is we have a little bit of a cult following we you know it's 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 way more exciting than i ever imagined it would be
0: yeah w- what i found fascinating is that you understood from the beginning or maybe it's your personality that you had to sell the gin and I really admire and I want to encourage other brand people or people that start brands to understand how important it is to take ownership of the sales. And I think that's what you did.
1: Yep. (laughs) General you know, Holger, it's very interesting you say that. Um, Lots of people come to us and say, can you make a gin for us? And in fact, we don't get involved in, in contract distilling. But I often think, you know, in a sense the making of the product is one thing, but the really hard job is, yeah. is selling it. It's it's getting out there and selling it. Now, it was interesting in our case, because uh, as I as I said a moment ago, we had no industry experience whatsoever. So at the time, several people uh, did approach us and offered to get involved, obviously for a fee, to uh, do the marketing and the selling. And we decided, no, we needed to learn this the hard way. We needed to go and do it ourselves. And in retrospect, it's the best possible thing we could have done, because that's Absolutely. how you learn. And, you know, those early days, particularly, I, I mean, I well remember it was literally walking the streets, uh, you know, knocking at the retail stores, going in there with your product. Now, the fascinating thing for me was because we didn't have a lot of experience, we relied a lot on our partners and friends mm-hmm. in the trade to help us. Yeah, we I, I had to go and, and, and ask them, in, in, in effect, to give me the information i should have had and again that worked so well in our favor because i think you know people say this but i really do think that six dogs is a relationship brand I, I really think that our success if i'm allowed to call it that um part of it comes from the fact that we did it the hard way and that we did it on the basis of building those relationships so and even to this day i'll sacrifice sales for the sake of the more, much more important building of a relationship you know and i we, we now today it's not just me anymore we have a, a a small but we have a team of people fantastic guys and this is what they do they are they are there every day out there in the in the trade in the bottle stores with customers with uh, the the liquor store owners with the restaurant owners and so on and so forth actually building those relationships and that's why we've done well that's and we've got a very good product. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and, and I could see that from the beginning, Glenn, so I think whether it was by accident or planned, it, it certainly was a job well done. And um, I want to, again, congratulate you and uh, encourage other people to follow in your footsteps if they want to launch a product. If you're building a product and just give it to a distributor, yep. I don't think, especially if it's a craft product, that they, that they will be successful
1: yep yep you know in a in a very real set r- very real sense what you're selling i think is your own personality because that's what you put in the bottle and you the, you've got to do it yourself you you know there's no substitute yeah. <laughs> you have to be out there and you have to do it yourself now obviously businesses grow and eventually you simply can't but i think the principle of being involved and you know to this day I mean my my team disagree with me but I believe I'm the best seller of six dogs because when I go anywhere I feel it in my in my in my soul and and that's what I sell and and, and that's what does sell you know my team think they they're all much better than me these days and they probably yeah.
0: are <laughs> yeah I doubt it but about I think about ten fifteen years ago I made a decision not to sell other people's brands as in being a sales representative or, or an agent and because once you've done it for somebody else, you can't keep repeating it. One of my early successes was selling Bavaria beers and we did it with, I did it with my complete soul and my blood and we, like some of the old yep. liquor reps would say, we drank it onto the market. Um, but you can't, you can't <laughs> repeat that process. You've done it once. You might be able to do it yep. twice if you're lucky, but you can't do it a third time. So, I also I agree. You you Correct. can nobody can ever be a better salesperson than than you as the brand owner. How many years ago was
1: that when you launched? It's now going on for five. Um, so, it's it, it, gone yeah. quickly. I, <laughs> obviously, this last year was very different for all of us for obvious reasons. Uh, but yeah. Um, I suppose in a way we we are now an established brand i mean we you know it is it is available across the country I, i'm not saying they're not still opportunities but you know, can pretty much get six dogs anywhere in south africa uh and i know we're going to talk about it now but the we also uh, export footprint we are now in 23 countries outside of south africa now if you had wow. said that to me five years ago i, I would have said it's not possible we you know this is never going to happen but it's happening and here we are <laughs> here we are about to set up
0: i guess initially when when you launched there was a i mean you were the timing was was very good like you say i i went i sought you out you didn't contact me and i was uh, partnering with some bottle stores that w- wanted to be on the on the leading edge yep. of uh, the latest trends and they and people were phoning you to get gins i mean if you're yep. launching a gin today not going to be like and that and you're not selling yeah it, it's not going to be like that
1: no look we were lucky uh, I, you know I, I always do believe there's an element of luck in this and funny thing is when we when we launched uh, you know i was a little concerned that maybe we missed the trend at that stage we were we yeah. were about number 14 of the local craft gins okay. to come to the market and I thought gee have we missed the boat on this well if I told you, you know this today there's over 400 just local South African craft gins and I you know I, I know how hard it is to to launch a yeah. new product today it's it's so so difficult you know and I know what's going on in the industry is that if things don't sell um the guys are ruthless they'll take them but they'll take it off the, the the shelf so it's not easy to get a product in there but if you believe in it and you work hard you can do it
0: you can do it yes um did you also with your 20 odd listings overseas was that a similar situation with where, where people contacted you because the because of the trend and the timing or did you go out and, and look for
1: distributors you know, overseas? I mean, that's a good question, and the answer is essentially they came to us. So we, yeah. you know, we, uh, w- as you know, we're now about to set up our own Six Dogs office uh, in Europe. We'll talk about that in a in, in a second. But in a way, our export sales have happened almost without our trying, and. The reason for now saying, well, let's go and set up the office, is because what happens if we actually try? What happens if we actually go and give it a bit of muscle, yeah. and try and replicate to the extent possible what we've done in South Africa, reasonably successfully, uh, in countries in Europe? Um, so yeah, yes. you know, we we have been lucky. Again, it's 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 about the relationship building. You know, you you're now relying on somebody very distant to to express the same passion for your whole product as you have it's not always easy uh and we know i know where you have that good relationship with people in the trade i mean we've got oh i could mention several but uh, i i suppose one of our best best export customers is is in germany and uh, she's wonderful um yvonne and she you know she really sells a a, a significant quantity of six dogs yeah. there are other countries i'm not yep. going to mention them where it's just you know, one or several in the, in the, in the, in the portfolio. And so almost to say you there, yes, we are, and yes, we get the occasional orders, but it doesn't exactly fly, you know, but nonetheless, um, it's nice to have, uh, a representation on, on all, on all continents.
0: Yeah. And we, we have had Yvonne on, on the show. So yes. listeners can, can look for Yvonne's interview and, uh, get a little bit of her story can you tell us a a little bit about the lessons you learned maybe with with uh, the lockdown that affected the industry so badly yeah
1: Yeah. look at you know a lot of people are asking me so are you leaving the country and the answer is no we are we remain a a, a proudly South African and obviously all the botanicals um, come from South Africa and you know we are very happy to go out there and fly the flag For South Africa and for South African craft gins but the simple truth is this we did realize in the lockdown and the the ban on alcohol how heavily dependent we were on South Africa which you know is 80% of this of our sales so 20% of them are are export and when the industry was shut down as it as you know it was over a period of five months I think in total uh, this is this all, This has a very serious effect on one's business, especially when, yeah. as in our case, we employ people. We invest in people because that's the passion that speaks to our brand. Um, I'm very pleased to say we, we retained all of our staff and they all received full salaries behind, uh, along the way. But it dawned on us that we need now to put um, a little bit more effort into decreasing the dependence on the south african market and growing our brand elsewhere in the world so that was certainly you know a big lesson and that's indeed why i think we're one of the if not the first to to actually go to europe and set up um as uh, a, a new company uh it's up and running and i'll be there in, in a couple of weeks time um heritage is already there he's going to run that uh, that office uh to, uh, you know, say, fine, we, we're here, we, yeah, we are, we, we're going to take this thing big.
0: I was thinking of you during lockdown, um, and you in particular, because you, you I think you, you were early and you were particularly successful. And I was thinking, what are they doing now? <laughs> because, I mean, you can build up so much reserve, but... It's a fairly young business and, you know, yes. it's still vulnerable. And then I saw this post on, on social yes. media that you're setting up an office in in Europe. And when I emailed you this morning, um, there was an autoresponder saying, please don't email Glenn at sixdogs.co.za, email him at six sixdogs.com. And for me, Correct. that <laughs> that is now... I guess you you getting a step closer to achieving your dream yes. of, of becoming a global brand.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, we, we pride ourselves uh, on being innovative in terms of our product. Uh, I mean, each one of, our, of the four gins in our range uh, these days is, represents a first of its, of its kind. And kind of being first to market has always been something that we try to uh, achieve. But the innovation extends beyond the product to the way we try to market our brand, the try to, the way we try to get out there and you know show the world. Now times are tough. We you know globally everything is, in, is still in a in a serious lockdown. But we thought that's precisely the moment at which we should do the running, go over there, make our presence known. I know it's going to be tough. You know it's it's it'll be it'll it'll take a good number of months before we can cover the costs of this rather expensive move. Uh, but we will, and then we will be very well positioned. I subscribe to the the, the the theory of the post-COVID economic boom. I think we are going to, we're in for some good years ahead. And I want to be positioned in all the right places or as many of them as I can get to now. So that when that happens, you know, we can, we can we, th- this thing can fly. Yeah. And
0: are you planning a similar strategy t- to when you launched in South Africa with
1: relationships? Yes, that's exactly the point. So, you know, again, it's it's back to the streets for me. I've got yeah, yeah. you know, go there, be in their faces with my with my product. But we're lucky. We, we already are in several countries in Europe, and part of this is to support our existing distributors there. I'm not going to muscle it on their territory. But there are several countries in Europe uh, where we, you know, we're not represented. So... Our offices in the netherlands and that's the first target for us but equally spain portugal italy france i could name several uh they are these are all on the radar but the point is to be there to the extent that this is possible to 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 build the relationships to yeah effectively do what we didn't try to well we started out doing five years ago in south africa uh but in a much more interesting bigger market and mm. a highly a much more competitive one too i know but I think our products are, are good enough <laughs> that they will compete against the best in the world. Does that sound arrogant?
0: <laughs> no, it's the truth. And I, I just want to say again how excited I was when I read that post because I can just, and, and your choice of country, I can just see uh, how the people in the Netherlands will, will embrace you and be, be charmed by <laughs> well, <I hope> so. <laughs> our, our favourite be... favorite craft learn. <laughs>
1: It's going to be look it's going to be tough. this I know you know um, but yeah I, I, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. I, I, I can't tell you it's it's just such an exciting opportunity uh, uh, f- for us and for the brand and Indeed. for South African craft gin, to be honest. yeah so uh, there was a South African who was
0: working out of uh, Belgium, Luke did you ever yes. wo- did you ever work with
1: him or do you know him? Uh, yes. Um, in fact, uh, his company Alvarma—they um, were the first to import argen okay. uh, into Belgium, and then indeed they have their own gin. Yes. Uh, but they also act as a as a sort of global importer uh, distributor. So yeah, he will be. They will be neighbours, and I'm looking forward to opportunity to go, you know, and sit down and chat and see what we can see how we can collaborate, and what we can yeah. do together.
0: I have lost a bit of contact with um, with them, but I'll certainly make an effort to reach out to them. Um, and I mean, I assume that most people know Six Dogs Gin. But if you're saying there's there's four gins in your range, do you quickly want to talk through through the different yes. gins, especially thanks the newer it. ones?
1: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Um, we we launched with our classic Six Dogs Karoo Gin. Uh, it's still my favorite. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> but I can't, I'm not really allowed to say that. It's uh, it's just, I, I don't make it, my brother does. So, I, you know, I probably can, can talk about it. It's just, to me, such a delicate, well-balanced gin. I think it's fantastic. It tends to be the gin of choice of the connoisseur. So, uh, sorry, I don't mean to apply I am one, but I find that people who know their gins very well will often gravitate towards the uh, the, the Karoo. Our second gin was six dogs blue which is undoubtedly our biggest seller but you know by a head and shoulders above all of the others and really put six dogs on the map uh it's i think everybody knows this it's all naturally blue uh, when you add the tonic it naturally changes color to to pink um but this is a this is a a very smooth easy drinking gin it appeals what appeals across the board but particularly to younger first time gin drinkers and indeed even to those who many many I've encountered who said I don't like gin I don't drink gin and then they will try it um, and often be hooked forever more so that's the that's the blue that's our um uh, our market leader about uh a year ago no just um, more than that we 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 brought out our pinotage stained gin so stained by the skins of the pinotage grape the, the Pinotage grapes come from our neighbor's farm, they all have to be hand-picked because you cannot put wine or grape juice into a gin in South Africa, yeah? So the gin the gin is already distilled, it's sitting there in the, in the, in the big uh, tanks, and then we add these grapes and the grapes sit in the tanks for several weeks, the gin picks up the the, the color and the characteristic of the Pinotage grape uh, and when the master distiller Silla says, okay it's ready. Uh, out it comes, it gets uh, it goes, it gets bottled. It's wonderful. It's a it's a, it's a great, you know, for, for wine drinkers. Uh, it's a great winter um, gin. Um, you put a a Pinotage gin with a cheese platter or something, and it's uh, it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> and, 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 Pinotage is,
0: the, the and Pinotage is obviously uniquely South African, so that should be some correct. a good selling point in in the overseas market. Absolutely.
1: And then our last, m- most recent gin uh, was the Honey Lime. Uh, so the, this is an interesting story too. The the honey comes from bees that have been relocated. These are, <laughs> believe it or not, distressed bees that come from urban areas. At a company called Bee Smiths they relocate. They find these um, distressed bees and they relocate them to 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 areas where they will be happy. And They found us and they moved a whole number of hives onto our farm. Uh, Are you there, Holger? Oh, good. I'm sorry. I just lost the picture. Apologize. So, uh, my brother looked at the slot for for quite a long time. He said, no, we've got to do something with this. Now, would you believe honey is not allowed in gin in South Africa? Everywhere else in the world, it is allowed, but not in South Africa which is why the bottle is not called gin in South Africa. It's called a spirit aperitif. But, so effectively, you can't put honey in the gin. And we said, come on, let's just do it anyway. They're about to change the legislation to allow honey and gin now, so I suspect there'll be several more. But again, it was a first. It's a, If you can imagine the, the contrast of the sort of zesty tanginess of the limes with the, uh, with the, the shot of the sweet honey through it, um, it's it's quite a fascinating taste ex- experience, and I think it's the, the the freshest mouthfeel of them all, very much a, a, a summary gin, uh, and it's doing very well. I think it will probably become our number two bestseller after the Blue. So that's the range of four. But watch the space. <laughs> <laughs> there are some interesting developments okay. coming. Yeah.
0: So tell us the next steps. You asked, are you busy packing up?
1: Yes, yes. So, as I say, Gherit the, he was our, he was the, the, the national sort of on-con manager in South Africa, okay. but I've sent him over. He is going to effectively run the European office, so no, no pressure on him. <laughs> <laughs> and he is there right now, uh, you know, setting up, um, getting things organized. I'm going to go over in about two weeks' time, and then my plan, it all depends upon... Travel restrictions and so on. But my plan is to spend uh, some months there and some months in South Africa. Um, and you know, surprise, surprise, I'll try and choose the summer months in Europe and the summer months in South Africa. Uh, th- that's what I will do. We'll, whereas here it will be there permanently. And you know, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, it will grow in due course. Um, we might even look at. Uh, Bottling over there. Um, strange enough, uh, our bottles all, are all imported from Italy. Can you believe that? And then the European ones, you know, get filled in South Africa and then they get sent back to Europe. So maybe there's a shortcut there down the line. Um, but I'm really looking to to grow from a marketing and distribution perspective. Uh, working with our existing distributors, finding new partners in countries we we currently are not um, available in. Um, and, and and building it to the to as, 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 as well as we possibly can
0: well that sounds sounds very exciting I mean I can imagine that the trade in in Europe is very formal and there's not as many independent liquor stores that one uh, can call on but I think they on the other hand they they're probably also popping up I've, I've spent a bit of time in Germany where um, investigating the, the kind of craft liquor stores, craft beer stores and there are a few um, not I wouldn't say they are similar to the likes of Liquor City Claremont where where you have such a big range but they more specifically just stock the craft products otherwise I guess it's, it's yep. very much formal chains but then I guess you just yeah. have to build relationships with the buyer and you get into a couple of hundred stores
1: correct you you know look it 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 obviously differs country to country um we are i mean we are an unashamedly premium brand so we, we we look at the those chains but at the top end whether it's retail whether it's hotel groups it's you know, it's to try and 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 get our product yeah. into the right place—not just everywhere, but into the into into the right places. And yeah, you know, it's what is fascinating is that every country has different regulations, different customs, different ways of uh, doing things within the liquor trade. And these things we've got to know, we've got to research, we've got to do our homework. Uh, you know, before we before we go there. But every one of them is on our radar.
0: Yeah, I mean, as an example, I think Germany doesn't have. Uh, any liquor licenses you do, you can drink your beer on the street and um I know when our friends from Kunutanzen launched they only sold their gin in yeah. uh, in the gin boutique stores. So you've got Yeah.
1: No, that's right. I mean it's it's yeah. so interesting. And and you know the interesting thing is the, the excise taxes could also differ country to country even though it's one big European yeah. Union. It's so different one country to 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 another. So, you know, we've got to we've got to be careful how we we position um, ourselves. But that's the challenge.
0: Well, Glenn, I think together with uh, with the whole industry, we wish you all the best, and we really hope that you make a good effort of it, and I'm sure you will. And uh, together with Kherat and really. Where can people follow what you do? I've looked on your social media, and there's very little pictures of you doing anything. And I know you've done all the work, uh, <laughs> but we'd love—I <laughs> try to avoid pictures <laughs> of me. But we'd like to, we'd like to know what you what you're up to, and we'd like to follow your 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 success in in Europe. Thank you. You know,
1: our, our, our website, um, which is sixdogs.com. Uh, is uh, is is active? It's a, there's a blog post. K2 handles our social media and our PR is constantly updating. We put our media releases there. We put the stories on there, and then yeah, indeed we we you know and we will have to pivot that to be to look more European or more global if you like. Um, that's the, the media challenge, and we'll do that. Um, uh, but our, our Facebook and Instagram uh, uh, sites are, are very active. Um, and we have lots of followers on on both so easy to find on on both of those and of course you know it's it's worth it. actually the social media was very good uh, way of our um starting this company yeah. and it's been good for us um and we are very grateful to all of our followers i mean i really. and we you know we have a, a traveling with six dogs section and we get pics from all over the world people with their with their bottle of six dogs and you know various countries and different conditions and whatever and uh, uh, you know The customers are these are and we have loyal uh, loyal following out there and i'm so grateful to all of them also to you thanks for including me on your show and you know yeah we i'm so excited about this this new move but i i really do think uh, and i know i'm speaking to my brand but i think it says a lot um about south african craft gins that i think they can compete with the best that there is out there in the world and that's what i'm going to go out and prove for the sake of all our South African customers and the industry at large in South Africa. So, thank you very much for your support. Yeah, thanks, really appreciate it.
0: And uh, maybe in a few weeks' time, we can have another conversation once you've settled in and sold your first few containers of Six Dogs Gin in Europe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can do it yeah. in Dash. Uh,
0: yeah, maybe. <laughs>